hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. It's kind of like when I see my kids, and I can be in the worst mood, but when they're excited to see me, when they run up to me, even as teenagers, and they call me daddy, y'all, it's a wrap. It brings me joy. So can I say to you, it's time I mean, it's time, isn't it? Isn't it time we just lived in joy? Ecclesiastes says to everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what's planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to laugh. I want to talk about that today in a message we're calling Laugh. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew on That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay. Joining me today, joining me, joining me today, joining me today is my good friend, my nephew, my business partner. Boy, you're just like my everything. Uh, I am your everything, Chris Eastman. I sure am. I'm I'm turning to be here, <laughs> Chris. I'm sure a lot of people don't know you like I know you. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So, uh, like Scott said, I am his nephew, uh, business partner, and life coach. <laughs> everything that he is, he comes. He, I've built him. Um, so I'm uh, 30 years old. Um, Still living with your parents. Uh, yes. <laughs> at this point in time, at this moment, I am very much living with my parents. Right. I am uh, newly engaged. Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. To a woman that is so much better than either of us. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I've uh, been a photographer with Great Scott Images for the last 10 years. Uh, was raised in a Pentecostal church. Um, and... Um, I don't know. Oh, the currently also a pastor's son. You are a pastor's son. Yes. My father is a executive pastor at uh, Spring Lake Church in Green Bay. That's true. So I feel like you and I have been doing things together forever. Like I feel like since you could practically put two sentences together. Which you, was like three months ago. Right. Like you started uh, when I was a worship leader mm-hmm. at Assemblies of God Church, that you were our drummer for a long time. I feel like I've always just kind of like had you around. And so it only made sense that you would join me um, as we launched Great Scott together uh, as a photography business. And then like you're even helping me now today, like not just on this podcast, but you've been helping uh, with tech at Life Church downtown. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just feel like our lives have always been intertwined uh, in some fashion or another. Absolutely. And how we're currently intertwined is uh, I'm currently chauffeuring you. It's true. We're on a road trip. Yeah. In fact, if that's why it sounds funny, that's why. Because we're uh, road tripping down to see my son, Jared, which would be Chris's cousin, Jared. That's accurate. In, in Mississippi. Uh, we're going to visit him for a couple of days there. And then the three of us are going to go into New Orleans to go see New Orleans things. Like, uh, yeah. like cemeteries and old houses and uh, eat French food and crawfish, crayfish. I don't want craw or cray. Really? That's I'm- cray-cray. Whoop. Anyway. So- Tell me a little bit about your faith. So, uh, as pre-mentioned, um, raised in a Pentecostal church, um, and so I, I grew up in the faith. Um, I went to uh, Spencer Lake 
Bible Camp. camp. Yep. Bible Camp. In Wapaka, uh, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Good times. Um, I would say that uh, through this long walk, it has been uh, a winding path. And um, I would say currently I am striving towards um, like where I would say my role models are. So I've, I've spiritual role models that um, have extremely solid walks. And currently I would say that my status is a striving towards that with certain people's guidance. I am by no means, I don't consider myself a scholar or a master or a, a currently I'm very much a, a sheep that is um, curious and uh, wanting to follow the guidance of my shepherds. So I love that. But you know, the fact of the matter is that none of us have it figured out. You know, like I feel like a lot of people will look, you know, growing up, I was both Pentecostal and Assemblies of God Church, but also a Catholic. And I just thought that the guy that stood up there at the Catholic Church or the guy that stood up there at my Assemblies of God Church, that they had, the reason that they were up there is because they had it all figured out. Yeah. And it turns out that now that I'm 53 and a pastor myself, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No one's got it all figured out. You know, like even if someone's like just like one chapter ahead of you, you know, that you know, it doesn't mean that they know the ending of the book or they have it all figured out that we're still all in this journey to try to figure it out together. And I feel like that's really one of the greatest purposes of church is to, is to find people that you connect with or that you identify with, or that, I don't know, make you laugh or make you love. I feel like those are the things that you look for in a church and then together you guys figure it out. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Let's jump into Sean's uh, sermon this week, which is on uh, laugh often. And so let's listen to the first soundbite right now. Joy. What is joy? I mean, does it mean I'm happy all the time? Do I walk around singing Pharrell Williams, quoting Buddy the Elf, smiling's my favorite? No, because I propose to you that happiness and joy are two different things. My, my wife, Pastor Sunny, she does this really great teaching on happiness versus joy. And in that, she teaches that something has to happen to you to make you happy. A new house, a new car, a new job, a new love. Something happened. And so now because of that something, you're happy. Happiness is external. But joy? Joy is internal. It's a matter of the heart. The Proverbs tells us, guard our hearts above all else because it determines the course of our lives. Guard our hearts above all else because it determines the course of our lives. Guard your heart. Guard your joy. Don't let anyone steal your joy. Guard your heart because the condition of your heart determines the quality of your life. I love this distinction between happiness and joy because they sound like they're synonymous, but they're completely not. That, you know, being happy about something or being sad about something is our reaction to our circumstances. Some things make us happy and some things make us sad. It's not like the state of our lives. It's the state of our moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so like, I feel like there's plenty of things that, that make us happy. Like what, are, like what are the top three things that make you happy? Um, being grossly affectionate with my fiance gross yes it is so disgusting Next. it's fantastic oh sorry um i mean you can try uh, yeah, yeah. i feel like i know what these answers are no so um i'm uh, just a big uh, 
gearhead, so um, speed speed makes me happy. So uh, those sort of driving experiences make me happy, and then also um, doing just like idiotic things with my idiot friends. Yeah. So uh, trick shots, or we spent four hours having a bunch of competitions because we pulled a, a cork out of a bottle of wine and we wanted to throw it into stuff. Just the random. Wine? No, no, no. The, the cork. cork. See who could make it into cups across the table or... I see. Um, I get you now. Who could hit it the furthest with a toy bat. Like, I don't know. Just... So when you're doing these things, driving cars or motorbikes fast or when you're spending time with your fiance or when you're throwing corks yeah. into cups, right? So those are the things that make you happy. Yes. So how is that different than than being joyful, do you think? So, like, I really like that uh, that sound bite because, it, I mean, it's something that I've recognized more and more as I've gotten older. Yeah. Um, so... I apologize. There's a lot of trucks on the road. There are a lot of trucks on this road. We're on Highway 57. At Chibansi. Near, in Iroquois County, Illinois. And there's nothing here. <laughs> I tell you, I try to describe what our setting is, but there's nothing. Nope. Except that big truck. That guy just gave us a thumbs up because he saw that we were podcasting <laughs> in, our, anyway. in our car. Anyway, so, right. Sean's soundbite. Yes. Um happiness and joy being two distinctly different things. So, um, as far as experiences go, I really, okay, personally, let's go with this. Personally, I do think that I'm a generally joyful person. Agreed. Um, and a lot of that comes down to specific choices that I've made, whether it's perspective or, um, limiting what I ingest. Um, so for instance, like I found myself being a lot less joyful the more I got into social media, uh, uh, yeah. a lot of comparisons. So this guy has this boat he, and he lives in this place and they have this money and I, okay, that's awesome for them. But I was comparing their bowl to my bowl and how, yeah, what was missing in my bowl compared to how much they had in theirs. Um, and so uh, there was a perspective change and I now find a lot of true joy in like, uh, when I'm spending time with patients or my idiots, right. people based stuff brings me real joy. Yeah. Um, the, the speed in the cars and the fun, that brings me happiness. Like there's, um, there's a, a chemical reaction and I feel exhilarated. Oxytocin. And yeah. I get oxytocinized. Yes. I think it's oxytocin. Pastor Becky, who runs our journey to wholeness program. She's the author and founder of journey to wholeness. If you ever want more information about oxytocin or what it's really called, I feel like it's oxytocin. Yeah. Anyway, she'll tell you all about it. Anyway. So that, that, those things bring you happiness, but it's joy. Right. It's, uh, the happiness is fleeting. It is surface level That's and it. it is, it lasts, uh, for a moment and then, um, okay. So there's, there's, it's a blip where joy is, I believe to be a underlining level. So, um, 
Yeah, foundational. My, right. right. My my water uh, level is joy, and there's waves on top of it that are happiness and sure. sadness. But my joy is the depth. Yeah, I love that. I feel like we talk a lot on these podcasts about how how if I think about joy, and then I think what would the opposite of joy would be, and I feel like that would be despair or you know. Uh, despair. Yeah. And I feel like those are things that I wake up deciding to be. Like if I wake up and look at my day and my day makes me, you know, like like dread it or it makes me hate it or it makes me, you know, despair, then like that's a choice I'm making. I could look at my day and say I either have to do these things or I get to do these things. And so I feel like the language of joy is like I get to do this today. Right. right. I get to, you know, so we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that my spouse is out of town and now I got to watch my kids all day and I got to watch my dog and my puppy and he's going to pee on the floor and everything else. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I have two beautiful kids, you know, in this beautiful house and we have all the food that we need and I've just got a brand new puppy. Instead of saying all the things that I get to do, the person of despair, the person that doesn't have joy looks at their life and says, you know, Oh my gosh, I hate what I have to do. And that's a choice that we make as soon as we wake up. As soon as we put our feet on the ground, we choose joy. Yeah. You know, happiness or sad. I mean, those are my reactions to what's happening to me. And like you said, they're fleeting. But, you know, life of joy, including, like you said, eliminating the things that take your joy away, get rid of them. It reminds me of a show my wife watches, The Gilmore Girls, or watched it whenever it's on. And I don't remember the characters' names, but like the mom. Do you know the mom's name on Gilmore Girls? I have no idea. Anyway. They talk really fast in that they show. They do talk really fast. Like like uh, like Aaron Sorkin fast. A lot of, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like just super the, bantery and right. witty. And like no one's that witty that fast. No one actually breathes the whole episode. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so the mom is the lady that was also on Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she was at her mom's house and her, her dad had died. And so they were talking and her mom was getting rid of all this stuff because she said, I'm getting rid of everything that doesn't bring me joy. I'm just going to get rid of it. And, you know, it's kind of a funny episode because she's like, what about these curtains? No joy. What about this couch? No joy. And I feel like that's kind of what we should be doing with our lives. There should be a constant inventory of our life where we're like, if we start noticing that, like you said, like if we're on social media and it's bringing us down because it's making us compare and think about the things that we don't have, get rid of that. Yep. Immediately. You know, and so you got to sort yourself out. You have to like, you have to start making decisions about these things and not just keep reacting to life. And so it's from a joyful heart that we can find happiness on a more regular basis and we can be a better part of our world. Our lives will be better and the people's lives around us, they'll be better too. Second Timothy talks about it. It says, but mark this. Like, that's really good. Like, pay attention. Mark this. There'll be terrible times in the end days. People, they're going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and not lovers of the good. It's saying in the last days, people will give up their hearts. They'll give up their joy. I feel like, I mean, you know, this letter from Paul to Timothy, I think, Second Timothy is, I think. You'd think I would know, but I don't. Uh, I don't know if it's a letter from Paul to Timothy or a letter from Timothy to Paul. Anyway, Paul and Timothy are somehow involved. Got it. Nonetheless, it was written 2,000 years ago. Yeah. So about like what the world's going to look like. And so people are going to be lovers of themselves and they're going to be greedy and they're going to be mean and they're not going to care about each other and they're only going to care about themselves and they're going to be divisive and, you know, political and all these other things. And 
Sean's absolutely right when he says, "Does isn't this look like today? Like, doesn't you know? Are the circumstances of today's world make us look that way?" And so, like, there's a lot of talk these days about are we really in the end times? Because I don't know China is amassing troops north of our border in Canada for training, and I don't know, like, the election was so bad, and race relations are so bad, and international relations are so bad, and I don't know, like. It, I mean, a lot of people are feeling that these are the last days and that may or may not be true. I'm not half smart enough to know, but I do know that it just seems like people care even less about each other than they ever have in my life. Yeah, it's it's tough for me uh, when it comes to these sort of things, because I, I, I don't know. And maybe it's an indication of the times and that I don't know, but it. It's maybe it's just been so long since it's been that way that that the description seems just human to me. Yeah. Like I, yep. I'm not sure. Like it's always been that way. Right. And maybe maybe that's the true problem. Um, I also think, I mean, obviously social media has connected all of us to everything. So and then the news cycles are, you make money off of negative news. So what are we going to feed you? We're going to feed you fear and negativity right and so you're gonna see all of the human flaws of the world and then every once in a while they'll throw in like a blip of joy <laughs> a feel-good story in the right. last 30 seconds of the newscast right and i i mean i believe that there's a lot more joy happening and pos- like positive things happening it's just it's not attractive and so no one's talking about it yeah we're unaware of it right not nearly as much as obviously the tragedy is happening around the world and uh i don't know this we should be aware of we should try and be aware of all of it not just what's wrong yeah and i feel like we should do everything we can to create it right like if 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 you're if i think it reminds me of a, a cheesy i don't know pinterest I don't know, t-shirt or saying that like, instead of trying to find good in the world, like be the good in the world. You know what I mean? And so there's nothing stopping you from spilling love into the world. And like, I feel like that's, that was like the first step of my new Jesus journey. Like, like you, I went to Spencer Lake Bible camp and that's where I got saved. Mostly because I think there was probably a cute girl that was getting saved at the same time. I right. thought, oh, I'll get saved and then maybe we could just get married. Yeah. Right. Cause that's what you do when you're 13 at Bible camp <laughs> anyway. But I feel like like this, this new leg of my Jesus journey, like this was the first step to like realizing that like so much of what Jesus said, so much of what Paul reiterated from what Jesus said, so much of what the New Testament calls on from the Old Testament, you know, revolves around this idea of loving God and loving others. In fact, how we love God by loving others. And so like, there's not a, there's, it doesn't seem like there's a, a chapter or a book in the, in the, in the Bible that doesn't point us in that direction. And so while we're trying to like rail against, I don't know, this thing or that thing, or calling these people dumb or those people dumb. I mean, if you're a Jesus person, these should be the very last things that you're doing. That in fact, the very first things that you should be doing is loving them regardless of what they believe or what you think they're doing or what you think they shouldn't be doing. And in fact, just spill goodness and kindness and, love into the world. And so, you know, I think you might be right that maybe this is just the human condition, all these things that second Timothy points out. So if that's true, if it's always just been, you know, well then I need to pull my weight or do my part, you know, row my, hold my row 
I don't know. Yeah. Roll, was, slow my roll? No, uh, it's no, that's not it. my roll. Yes. Right, because that's a long row to hoe is the saying that I was trying to call. Right. Right. I need to hoe my row. Hold my own row. Stay in my lane. Yes. Really. Roll tide. What? Nope. It's got nothing to do with roll tide. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> anyway, good day, governor. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to the next one. Some of you are carrying that around right now. You're carrying around unrepentant sin and it's robbing you of your joy. And the only way that we beat sin and shame is through repentance. The Apostle John, he said, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and he's just and he will forgive us of those sins and he will purify us from all of our unrighteousness. I mean, have you ever admitted something? Doesn't that feel so good? It's because we were designed that way. The Bible says that confession is good for the soul. So being unholy robs us of our joy. Here's Last night uh, at uh, LC downtown, um, we were having table discussion on this sermon and um, there was a guy at our table um, and he was talking about how he can't get himself to forgive himself for things that he's done. And so when we were talking, I was like, well, I mean, do you believe that, that, that God's forgiven you for the things that you've done? And he's like, I don't know how he possibly could. Mm. Like he just feels so, you know, so wrong about what he's done that he can't forgive himself and couldn't possibly believe that God would forgive him. And so I feel like if you, if you believe that there's a God like the next thing that you have to believe is that he's forgiven you. Because I mean, like, you know, we just talked about, you know, love, but again and again, you know, in scripture, it talks about how he forgave us even before we were born, even before we did the things that he's forgiven us for. And so he's, he's already forgiven you. And so then the next thing that has to happen is you have to forgive yourself because if you don't forgive yourself, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, well, God might forgive this, but I can't. I know how bad this is, right? I know what, how it affected people in my life and I just can't forgive myself. Yeah, for sure. So that's what, what you're saying is like, God might be just and, you know, powerful and all knowing and all, you know, everything, but like, he doesn't know me like I know me. And so I can't forgive myself. So you're like we say in alpha, you're holding yourself as a higher tribunal or a better judge than right. God. And like th- that, and I can see where that would rob you of joy. If you're walking around dragging this guilt and this shame and these labels that either you've put on you or someone else has put on you because of what you've done and you're just dragging that through life. Right. No wonder why you wouldn't have joy. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And so I just feel like it's such a, it's such a, easy thing to say to do, but such a difficult thing to do. Simple, maybe it's such a simple thing to do, but it's not easy. Like the, the equation is really easy to write out. Ask God for forgiveness, which is your repentance and forgive yourself. It's really easy to say that it's really, really difficult to do because, you know, we're face to face with it every day. But if, if you're looking for joy, you have to start by taking that kind of inventory that we talked about in your life. You have to take that in your heart and you have to, and if you feel like you need to get forgiveness from someone, like go do that thing. Like go do, get, like, like Sean had said, admit it to somebody and ask for forgiveness. And if they don't forgive you, that's on them, right? But you have to forgive yourself right? because God's already forgiven you and there's no path, right? To joy, you know, through guilt, like and shame and unforgiveness. Right. Yeah. And I mean, essentially the result that you get 
uh, with either of these options being uh, putting all that weight on yourself or giving it to God. Like you said, both of these are actually very simple things. They're difficult to do. Yeah. So you have to you have to choose. Do you want to give this up to a higher power or tow all of this weight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exhausting and it's fatiguing. And so it might be easier just to say, I'm not even going to worry about the God thing. I'm not going to worry about my faith thing or religion or church because I don't even want to deal with this right now. I'm just going to try to, I'm just trying to make it through my day, you guys, right? Like I feel like people say that all the time, but they still have this hurt and this wound inside them. And so they're going to look for things to help salve that wound to put a, a bomb on it. Right. Right. Yeah. You even know what a bomb does? <laughs> Sorry. That's a little reference to Seinfeld because what happened was Kramer how did he get burnt? He snuck a cafe latte into the theater <laughs> under his shirt. <laughs> the cap That's, came off. Yes, and it spilled all over. <laughs> and so then he sued the coffee company, right? Yep. And then and so they were gonna settle with him. And before they could even settle, he agreed to like get like a year's worth of free coffee or something. Yeah, free cafe lattes. Right. And then <laughs> And then he got some balm, like a burn balm. From the maestro. From the maestro and put it on his wound and then it healed, healed. his wound. Yeah. So then he lost his lawsuit. No. Well, uh, he got scared. The lawyer got scared. Oh, right. And so they took the- Johnny. Jimmy. Jerry. Nope, not Jerry. It's not Jerry. What was his name? I really don't know. Oh, anyway. So anyway, we try to, we try to find this balm, right? B-A-L-M. Balm. Yes. Balm. Right to put on our our wound, right? So we, but the thing is, is there's nothing permanent that fixes it. It could fix it for five minutes. It could fix it for five hours. It could fix it maybe even for five days, right? So we do things that are temporary. We do things like I'm going to go out and drink myself to Blitzville, right? Or I'm going to go out and smoke a bunch of something. Or I'm going to go and sleep with a bunch of people. Or I'm going to go and buy a bunch of things. Or I'm going to go and eat a bunch of this. Or I'm going to go and watch a bunch of that. And the problem is, is that those things make us feel good for a second. But all we've really done is just kick the can further down the road. And now, but now it's like the can's like bigger because now there's fallout from what we just done. Because right. anytime that we're doing something that we know is wrong or that we know costs us something, it, it, it compounds the problem, right? So if I, if I go out and go to drink to Blitzville, right? And then also sleep around or then also smoke something and then also buy something. Like don't ever drunk buy things, <laughs> right? Because then... Or drunk eat things, right? Because, yeah. I mean, there's always fallout. There's sure. always fallout. Sometimes, like, if you eat all, all the wrong things, there's, like, literal <laughs> fallout, right? But, I mean, I just feel like there's always, like, this bad thing that happens to us when we try to fix our permanent wounds with temporary things. Yeah. First Thessalonians says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus. Friends, can we please stop whining? Can we please stop complaining? Can we please just trust God? Romans 8 says we're confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. Some of us could benefit from developing a deeper appreciation for life. It's a blessing. It's a gift. Before we get into this, I just want to tell you that I was going to whine a little bit because there is nothing out here. 
Yeah, we just passed through Blitzville. Yeah, I there. I mean, like as far as the eye can see, there's there's nothing. There's a grain, like processing thing. What do you call it? like a feed mill? Is that what you call those things? Uh, I don't know. There's like, a silo. I saw a right, silo. I feel like it's got like a crane lift, like a grain lift. Oh no, it's right over there. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and there's some windmills. Oh, we're coming up like into Windmillville. Like I feel like that's part of this drive. That, yeah, that just came after Blitzville. Right, Windmillville. What do you suppose the high school's mascot is in Windmillville? Windmillville? Uh, Wooshy, the... The rotors? The rotors. Is that what you call like the blades on a, on a windmill? Are I think it rotors? should definitely be the blades. The blades? <gasps> Windmillville blades. Ooh, that's intimidating. Right, and every time they get a stop, they all cheer from the crowd. Whoosh. Whoosh. That's the game that Chris and I are playing on our drive down to Mississippi is we're going through these towns. Like the first one was Alsip, Illinois. Alsip, A-L. A-L, so Alsip. Yeah, Alsip. Alsip, so we're running, what is the Alsip High School's nickname? <laughs> and we decided that was Big Gulps. So like, <laughs> Alsip Al- Big Gulps. <laughs> and then there was a town, oh, Governor State University, GSU. And so we decided that they were... Just the governors. The governors. But, <laughs> but with a, a monocle, a mustache, a cane, and, yeah, like uh, a, and, a, and like a derby hat. And a derby hat. Yes. And then their, their cheer was like, G'day, governor. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to whine about my drive. But like, I hate whiners. Like, I know that sometimes, and maybe that's, and I shouldn't say hate either, because we were just talking about this, about how we can, especially Chris and I, can be very super judgmental. Yeah. Like, one thing that we do... I hope this doesn't stop you from hiring us from doing your wedding. <laughs> but one thing that we do, because you know, a wedding day is a really long day for us, and so by the time All we right. get to the dance, wait a second. Okay, if if one of the guests shows up in a white dress <laughs> yeah. on someone else's wedding day, yes. they accept judgment. They yep, can't. That's true. They can't not yeah, uh, expect to be judged. Right. Yeah. You can't do that and expect me to just be okay with it. Yeah. But that's not all we do, though. Sometimes we'll get to the reception. We're tired. We've done the lion's share of the work. There's just some easy snaps that are left. And so then Chris always gets out two chairs for us, and we sit by the DJ's booth, and then we laugh at all the people who can't dance. Yes. Yes. Which I is, also admire them, by the way. Yeah, for the courage that yeah, it takes to get out to there. to get out there. Yeah, but we're super judgmental people. Yeah, that's true. Because we're really tired and we're, like, slap happy, and <laughs> we're just looking for people to laugh at. But anyway... Chris and I were talking on this on this drive down about how that we're judgmental people, and we'll we'll do this thing where we'll look at someone and we'll make all these assumptions about them based on what we see because we're informed by our past. And so at some point, a lady that wears her hair like this, or a guy that drives this kind of car, or you know, a girl that carries her purse in such a way, like we've experienced it in such a way that we know that oh, they must be like that. And so we do that thing in our lives. And I feel the same way with with whiners. And it's something like, I'm sure that you know them. Like they're on Facebook and they're in your lives, they're in your friend groups, they're at your work. Where there are people that just like day in and day out will just find something to complain about. Like they're just endlessly looking for something to complain about. And it's, and that's exhausting too, you know? And so it's, but I don't feel like it's our job just to like be mad at the whiners and the whingers. Whinging is like an English word. Oh. Like he's whinging and whining. I think whinging is a fun I word. I speak English. Yeah, not that kind of English. Got it. Anyway, so, like, I should probably try to, like, I don't know, like, 
bring positivity into their life. Like, what could I do to like the lady that complains all the time at work or my sister that complains all the time or the dude that complains all the time on Facebook? Like, what can I do in that person's life to bring joy into their life or to show Jesus to their life so that they can see a brighter side? Like, maybe they just can't see a brighter side because they can't get over the the hill, right? They can't get over the hill of negativity or they can't get over the hill of disappointment or, you know, despair. Like they can't get over the hill so they can never ever see the sun come up. They can never ever see the positivity in anything because they can never get up the hill high enough to see the light. I feel like that is like a really cheesy metaphor, but um, I just feel like that's our job. And like, how, like, what would that person, I wanted to say, what would that person owe us? But like, how much would that person appreciate that role in our lives. Like if we could just be a light for people, like how much would that mean to them? Right. And not that they would like build a trophy or a statue or something, but like just to say that that person was a catalyst in changing my life around from seeing everything so negatively to start seeing things positively. Right. Changing the angle uh, to what was said previously, um, being not uh what am I missing? But look yeah. at all that I have. Yeah. Look at all that I have. Yeah. We should be doing that. We should be doing that first to ourselves so that we understand how it works. And then to the people around us, not like in a crappy way though. Not like, what are you complaining about? You right. have everything. Right, 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 right. Like not like that, not pissy. Right. But like sweet and loving and encouraging and like supportive. We should yeah. be more supportive of one another period. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I sometimes joke about being a pessimist, but deep down, I hate it. I wish that I could be more like my wife, like Pastor Sonny. It, with her, the glass is always half full, maybe a little more. With her, things are going to work out. Things are going to be great. And it's not easy, but it is simple. The formula is found in the book of Philippians. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, think about those things. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Guys, we all have something positive. We all have something praiseworthy. We just have to find it and focus on it. A lot of people uh, currently in my life talk about um, like how joyful I am, jolly and joyful, a beam of positivity. But like no one's, no one sees me frustrated like Chris sees me frustrated. Like I feel like Chris gets the brunt of that because he sees me in my most stressful situations oh, yeah. and in my most stressful times. And we spend a lot of time together. Yes, we do. You know, and so like I feel like Chris always sees me. So that would probably be surprising to him to have people refer to me as being joyful. But I love having that kind of reputation but I, I, I tell you that only because like it, that doesn't come naturally to me it's not I'm not naturally joyful I'm naturally a whinger right like I'm naturally someone that's like feels like I'm always being cheated or I'm always being offended or I'm always being you know something like that's that's what naturally occurs to me in my mind and in my heart and so it's something that I have to overcome and sometimes it's easier than other times and sometimes frankly I have to fake it 
Um, and that, I don't want to seem artificial, but like I, it's like I need to rewire my heart, rewire my brain to be more positive naturally, because it doesn't happen naturally all the all the time in my life. That sometimes it's like my first gut reaction is, oh well, look at this. Can you believe that this is happening? In fact, I can't tell you how many times I probably said that to Chris. <laughs> you know, not over the course of our lives, but maybe even just today. Right? Where like I just and I, you know, we were at Pocket Church yesterday we had friends over for pocket and I kept getting all these text messages from the business um, from this one guy that was uh, super disappointed in how fast we were turning around pictures and then so like we would talk a little bit in pocket church and then get a text message and then we would talk a little bit and we get another text message and then like each time like my my uh, I don't know my grossness would like elevate until finally I see that he posts like a review on his Facebook page about, you know, my business and how he's so disappointed. And like, I, I throw it on my glasses. Right. And I, no one knows what's going on. No one knows. Like I'm looking at the text, message. but do you do that? I mean, have you ever done that where you're like sitting somewhere and you finally, you're just like your grossness, your ire gets so worked up that you just like burst. And so like, I, I hate that about me. I hate, like I, I, I lose context. I lose perspective. Like Sean was talking about, like, I, I wish I could be more like Sonny, right? Where I was not just half full, but I'm like 55% full. Even if it looks like it's half empty, half full. Like I, I wish I could just always look at life that is 55% full. And so I just, I feel like if I could just focus on the things that are good, Right, the th- uh, things that are beautiful, things that are lovely, things that are positive, things that are life-giving, things that are kind, things that are loving. Right, like if I could just think on those things all the time, there'd be no more room left in my head to think about the crappy stuff. I feel like you're kind of a naturally joyful person. I absolutely am. So uh, I like I like to think that on our wedding days, when you're uh, experiencing frustrations and things aren't going your way. I like to think that I am the other side. I'm the yin to your, your yang. Yeah. Um, and try to show you and sometimes force feed you the positivity. Right. Um, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I'm very... And then you bring me Diet Cokes and cupcakes. Well, yeah, I want to take care of you. Right. It's a stressful situation. Uh, shooting weddings is extremely stressful. So I want to make sure that you're in the best mood as possible and taking care of the best as possible. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I believe that I'm very naturally optimistic. Um, and there, I mean, there's plenty of things in my life that if I had a different point of view, I, there's plenty of things that I can complain about. I promise. Yeah. Uh, but over time I've chosen to look at all of the ridiculously amazing things. Or if I do feel, uh, a hint of negativity coming on I'll often I'll just stop and I'll just look around literally just look around whatever my setting is and find beauty if I need to and I'm a visual person so like I'll there's a really stressful wedding that I'm shooting things are going wrong and sometimes I'll just stop and I'll just look at nature just like the trees around me or calm water or yeah whatever and just take a couple seconds, breathe and know that whatever I'm going through is temporary. It's a, it's an episode. Yeah. I love that you said that because I feel like this is something that I like, I'm just on the brink of coming to grips with is that 
like when I finally I get myself all worked up, whining, whinging, mad, anxious, that like if I, if I forget that I had to do something, right? I'm like, I can't believe I forgot that. I'll throw something, right? I can't believe I forgot this. I'm so stupid, rah, 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 right? And I get in my car and I'm slamming the doors and I'm squeaking out of the garage and I start to drive. Like by the time I'm even halfway to the thing, like I'm already settled down. I've already cooled down. I've already, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like I need to start recognizing that the things that are happening right now, these aren't like lifelong things, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know, when that guy was mad, right? It's not even lifelong. It wasn't even day long. Right, because I was so worked up about it, right? That I went, like, I, I walked as soon as Pocket Church was done. I walked upstairs, and I, you know, did some things that pulled some strings that needed to get pulled in order for that to get done, and it got done. And he, and then he apologized for like all of his harsh words. Mm-hmm. We love these pictures so much. You're so fantastic. You've been fantastic to work with. Blah 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 blah. Like so, I like I embarrassed myself in front of my pocket, right by you know, flipping my glasses on the ground and I made them uncomfortable for a thing that wasn't even like, wouldn't matter. Sometimes we talk about this idea, like if it's, we need to evaluate what's bothering us, whether it's something that's bothering us with our spouse or bothering us at home or bothering us at work and say, will this matter tomorrow? Will this matter this afternoon? Right. Will this matter a week from now? And if it's not going to matter, then it's not a hill worth dying on. Right. It's not a hill worth throwing your glasses at or, you know, swearing about like, it's not, it's not worth it. And so we're just getting ourselves worked up. It's not something that's beautiful and lovely and all the other things that were in right. that Thessalonians statement. But like, I just feel like I need to start identifying things as being temporary, that this is only for a second this is going to suck. It's going to suck for a second. Right? It's not a lifelong suck. Right? It's not, like a, not even a six-month-long suck. It reminds me of that scene in A Few Good Men, speaking of Aaron Sorkin, right, which is one of my favorite movies that I feel like I could just watch anytime that it's on. Yeah, for sure. And so he's trying to convince, Tom Cruise is trying to convince his client that he should just take a deal that puts him uh, in jail for six months. He's like, it's six months, Harold. It's a hockey season, right? And I feel like sometimes I need to like look at myself and say, listen, it's, it's the next half hour, Scott. It's like a half hour. It's nothing. It's an episode of Happy Days. Maybe you could just get over it already. And so I feel like there's so much that happens in our lives that we we take drastic and long-lasting measures to deal with a temporary situation. And like, I mean, I guess it goes back to just what I just said. Like there's the, the ramifications of my negativity outlast the actual negativity of the thing. And so I just need to get over it, right? Like just get over it already. Yeah, but also to in- just... And just what just happened, what you just said, you also, to find that joy, need to treat yourself with as much patience and grace as you mm-hmm. give to others. Yeah. Because what you just said, and you said it to yourself probably three or four times while you were speaking, you were talking down to yourself. Get yeah. over it. And no, it's, it's okay to feel these things. And it's okay to get these frustrated and it's okay to every once in a while like realize that things are sucking yeah but in these moments don't get worked up don't let it uh, destroy your day destroy your outlook destroy your faith breathe for a second look around you find the beautiful things and then move on with the suck yeah yeah I love that actually what you just said reminds me I was in a meeting with some friends and, and uh, we were talking about something around this topic about uh, negative self-talk and everything else and uh, 
I, I was talking, trying to explain my position, and I was saying that the only one that talks crap about me is me. Like, no one else talks crap about me. Like, the meanest person in the world to me is me. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not even right. And anyway, so then Sean says, I'll take you one step further. <laughs> he said, and you're the only one you talk mean about. Like, he was like, you don't talk mean about anybody else except yourself. So, like, you're, it's it's wrong way on both sides of that coin. A, you're the only one that talks crap about yourself, and you're the only one that you talk crap about. And so, like, that negative Vicious self-talk. Cycle. Right, right. So, it goes back to this thing about whatever is pure and whatever is lovely. Whatever is positive talky and self-edifying and self-encouraging. Like, think on that for a second. Yeah. You know? And, and so, think yeah. about that internally to yourself, the beautiful things that you do. Yeah. The beautiful things that you contribute. Right. It's okay to do that and take account of that. Yeah, I love that. That's good advice. That's it. We're done with this podcast. Thank you for joining us. You, you're not supposed to say that. Oh, sorry. You're supposed to thank me for inviting you. Thank you for inviting me to your car. <laughs> We're still in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. In case you thought that in these 45 minutes of the drive we would have gotten anywhere, we haven't gotten anywhere. Although we're out of, like, Windmillville. We're in... Ratul. Rant, rant, rantol. Rant? What's this? Ratul. Oh, ratatouille. Nope. It is. Oh, no, it's just rantool. It's, it's, yeah, it's We're a ranting to rant tool. tool. It's the rant tool. Near Thomasboro. Good Lord. We're in the middle of nowhere, folks. So <laughs> if we don't hear from us like, in this couple of days, come looking for us. We're in the middle of Illinois. Uh, the land of Lincoln. I don't think. This is the land of Lincoln. It anymore. is the land of Lincoln. Look, he was born and raised around here, I think. And Rantoul? I think Rantoul. That's why it's called Rantoul. That's his middle name. Abraham Rantoul Lincoln. That actually sounds really good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they, that guy could go places. He could run for president. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you found, I don't know, value in what we talked about, or if you know someone that could benefit from hearing these words, please share this podcast. Uh, with your friends or encourage them or you yourself subscribe to this podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon we're all the places where you find podcasts we'd love to have you join us for this podcast or our other podcasts there's you know the weekly sermon series is out there Cheery Conversations is out there um, Sonny's Bible Study something I should know what that's called The Sunny Disposition I think that's what the Sunny Disposition podcast. Sundays with Sunny. I don't know. It's called something. She's gonna kill me when she hears this and knows that I didn't remember the name. Or anyway, we also have a new, a brand new podcast. Chris, a pastor and a rabbi walk into a bar, featuring my friend Pastor Sean Hennessy and my friend Rabbi Matt Rosenberg. And so we talk about faith, but we talk about sports and movies and TV and everything. It's a really great kind of just bar conversation. And so if that sounds interesting, look for that. A pastor and a rabbi walk into a bar. We'll have a join us for that as well. Anyway, thanks for joining us here today. We'll talk to you next time. Oh, 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 oh